0: to the Lord, and God speaks to him in Psalm 32, verse 8, and listen, listen to what God says here. This is right in line with what we're talking about. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle else they will not come near you. Did you guys catch that? Isn't that awesome? God says, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to show you the way to go. I'm going to be leading your life. And that's what Paul is saying as we're here in Galatians chapter 5. He's talking about being led by the Spirit and then living in the Spirit. It's 24-7, isn't it? It's not you know, quarterly in the Spirit or bimonthly walk in the Spirit. It's every day. It's 24-7. We live in the Spirit. And we're going to see this morning, there's an option. You can either walk in the Spirit, or you can walk in the flesh. There's options, isn't there? And hopefully we don't pick option number two of walking in the flesh, because it's pretty gross. Well, we we know some of us came from this background, and so that's our problem. But God has given us uh, the solution With the Holy Spirit. Let's read. I'm going to read down to get a running start to where we left off. Paul writes, God says in his word, verse 16, check it out with me. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So our flesh is lusting, right? Wants what's bad for us, but the Spirit wants to go a different direction. So he says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh, our fallen nature, our carnal nature, lusts against the spirit. There's a constant battle happening in the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Can anyone relate to that? That struggle that goes on within our lives, right? You want to do what's right and your flesh is wanting to go a different direction. Are you guys with me this morning? There's the new nature that we have, the Holy Spirit, God living in us, but there's also that fallen nature, that old man that's still living in in our hearts that wants to go the opposite direction God wants to go. So there's a battle going on, and he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You're not under the rules. You're not, you're not, you don't need to relate to God by keeping rules. The rules only show you that you can't keep the rules, that you fall short. And so as we're led by the Spirit, as we're listening for Him, as we're obedient to Him, as we're, we have feet that are flexible to follow His lead, to go where He leads us, we won't be fulfilling the desires of the flesh for, look at the next verse, He says, now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And so these things that are are the things that will ruin your life, by the way. Are you with me? We don't want to be in verses 19 to 21, right? Correct? Stay away from 19 to 21. Because Paul says, Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. So we see that, that's what the flesh produces. That's where the flesh leads a life. These are things that will destroy us and destroy others. But those are the things that come natural to us by default because of our fallen nature. So what's the solution? The solution is to walk in the Spirit. And notice what will happen as we are walking in the Spirit, as we're led by the Spirit, as we're in connection and fellowship with God. But the fruit of the Spirit, isn't this good? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Isn't that good? I mean, which list do you want to be in? Which one sounds better to be in? 19 to 21 or 22 to 23? The second one, right? 22 to 23, that's what we want to see happening in our lives He goes on to say, as he finishes the chapter, and those who are Christ, those who belong to Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so Paul includes himself. Now notice the pronoun change. We, us, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, Envying one another. And the end, I think that last verse seems kind of disjointed. Like, how does that even fit with what Paul is saying there? But we'll get to that uh, next week, probably. So let's look at this list real quick verses 19 to 21. So the things that will ruin your life. He says the works of the flesh are evident, the actions or the, the deeds of our fallen nature, our flesh, which is self destructive, are clear. They're manifest. He says they are evident, and then he goes on to list these things. He says adultery. What is adultery? It's sexual intimacy outside of the marriage bed as prescribed by God in His Word between a husband, male, genetic male husband, and a wife, genetic female. Are you guys with me? I, we, have to, we have to define terms these days because terms get twisted. Are you with me? Okay. So it's sexual intimacy outside of the marriage bed as prescribed by God between a genetic male and a genetic female, husband and wife, that God brings together and makes one. And so violating your marriage vows by being involved with someone else other than your spouse or being involved with a married person, that's adultery. Fornication. It's interesting. This word in the Greek, it means to sell off. Sell off. What does that mean? It speaks of selling off your sexual purity. In other words, sexual relations also outside of the marriage bed as prescribed by God in His Word, but you are being involved with someone sexually that you're not married to, including premarital sex, homosexuality, and of of such, those things. Hebrews tells us, in the book of Hebrews, we're told that Listen, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. And Jesus said it goes beyond the outward act, and it goes right to our hearts, right? If we've, if we've looked at someone with lust in our heart, we've already committed adultery with them. Paul goes on. He says the next is uncleanness. Uncleanness, uh, the de- definition or synonym might be impure, dirty behavior. Literally, it's an interesting word in Greek, it's, it's a catharsis. catharsis means healing or health. With the prefix of a, it means not healing or not helping. In other words, you hurt or abuse someone that needs healing. You're harming them. Lewdness is unrestrained evil and pleasure. Um, in the Greek, it's you can't restrain yourself. You just, it, you just gush forth. And maybe you've seen people like that. I'm going to sin, and I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what you say. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Just deal with it. Anybody ever seen someone with that attitude? It's sad. Or maybe you were there once. Lewdness, idolatry. Idolatry is worshiping and serving anything or anyone else besides Jesus. Putting something or someone in a place that only God should be. And our hearts are idol-making factories, you guys. And we, we can find anything, money, pleasure, power, entertainment, education. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can put in front of God and become idols in our lives. Image, living for material things, living for our image. I'm obsessed with what others think about me. And so idolatry is in this list. Sorcery. The minute you hear sorcery, you think, what do you think? Like witchcraft and the occult. It includes that, but this word in Greek is pharmakia, in which we get, what do we get from that word? You guys know pharmacy. And it speaks of the use or administering of drugs in order to not be sober, in order to escape reality is the idea. And so mind-altering drug use, is what we're talking about here, and it's certainly linked up with the occult, by the way. It's often like a gateway to get in, involved in all kinds of darkness, but it's, it's sorcery here. And then the next one is what? Hatred. Hatred's hostility, enmity, dislike, resentment toward others, mean, bitter. You're wanting bad things to happen to people. And, and the thing about that is when you want bad things to happen to people, it's dangerous and contagious. And it can happen. Jealousies, jealousy, the word jealousy in Greek means to boil. You guys ever seen a pot boiling, it's getting hotter and hotter? That's the idea here, boiling from heat or envious desire, covetousness. They don't deserve that, I do. Or when someone else gets blessed, I get ticked off is the idea. Outbursts of wrath literally means breathing violently, intense, explosive, anger or rage. Selfish ambitions is also in the list, carnal, fleshly, selfish, striving, um, acting for one's own gain. Dissensions is causing destructive, needless divisions or dividing that which belongs together. This is interesting. Heresies is wrongly separating people from the truth. Wrongly separating people from the truth and from one another. It speaks of false teaching as well. Envy, feeling of ill will towards another. Did you guys know? Remember... When uh, Pilate recognized the religious leaders handed over Jesus, you know why? Because of envy. That tells me something. Don't allow envy to play out in our hearts. Look where it led the religious leaders to, to having Jesus killed. And we see that in the next verse murder, intentionally taking someone's life, drunkenness, being intoxicated with alcohol. Please notice it's not a disease. It's sin. Let's make sure we got that correct. Revelries are out of control parties involving sexual immorality, drunkenness, and so forth. It's interesting. He says, look at those three words after revelries, and the like. Similar things. So this is not an exhaustive list that we have here. If you're taking notes, Colossians, Ephesians, and Revelation. I'm just giving you a hint so you can go look it up on your own. a more complete list. But it's interesting what Paul says here. He gives this list to the church and he says, I'm telling you beforehand. In other words, I'm giving you a heads up right now and I already told you, right? Just as I told you in time past, you know what that tells me? The church needed a reminder. He's reminding them what? That those who practice, I think it's a good idea to underline that word practice if you're okay with writing in your Bible, If you're not, it's too sacred, then don't do it. At least underline it in your heart and mind, because this is important. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If that is what you routinely and regularly, habitually, unrepentantly do, if this is your lifestyle, you make a practice of these things in this list, then you will not end up in heaven. Heaven is not in your future and I love you, I'm sharing the truth in love with you this morning. If that's you, you're engaged in this. I'm not saying you're struggling with an issue in this list. I'm saying you're just doing that. God's saying that. If you're doing this and you're practicing this, man, you're heading in the wrong direction. I've had, I've had someone come up to me after church, after teaching this passage before in the past and, and, and saying all kinds of rude things. And I'm like, I didn't say it. you got a problem with God. Listen, you got a problem with Jesus. Because Jesus said that many will come to him on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many good works in your name? Did we? They had Christian, they had the, the Christianese lingo. They had the, we're, we're Christians, we go to this church. And Jesus is going to say, He said, I'll tell them plainly what? I depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. In in other words, Jesus is saying, We never had a relationship. And you demonstrated that we had no relationship by the way you lived your life. That's heavy, you guys. It's heavy. And so Paul tells the church this. This is how people who are going to hell live their lives. Straight up. He told them once, and he says, I'm telling you again. Was was he telling them that to bum them out? Like to hurt their feelings? No, it's to shake up anybody in the congregation that thinks they're okay with God and they're involved in this. But listen, we all struggle, don't we? Do we all all struggle? Has anybody arrived spiritually? (laughs) The only way to defeat this self-destructive tendency we have, the old man, the flesh, our sinful nature, is to what? Is to have the Spirit of God enter into our hearts and for us to learn how to to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. We are designed to walk in the Spirit, and not only that, to continue in the Spirit, to finish in the Spirit. The problem is, we, the problem we run into is after beginning in the Spirit, the flesh rears up its ugly head, doesn't it? Is that correct? Sometimes we give up. Sometimes we give in. Sometimes we change our commitment. We allow ourselves to deteriorate sometimes too, don't we? Listen, it is exhausting. Some of us know firsthand, we, were, we live this list. It is exhausting. It's exhausting to live in the flesh. It's destructive to live in the flesh for yourself and for others. It will ruin your life. But listen, we all struggle with these things. And God has given us help to overcome these things. Are you with me this morning? This is so crucial. Like, when was the last time you sinned? When you were reading that list, Pastor, I was so mad. I couldn't believe you. Someone is sitting in my seat this morning, the seat I've been sitting in for the last fight. We blow it, don't we? You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Our, here's our problem. Our problem is we don't admit it. We don't like to admit it. We don't confess, we fake it, we make excuses, and we don't allow God to remedy the problem. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us, to remove the poison. That's what purify means, to purify us from all unrighteousness. Is that good news this morning? The work of His Spirit is to remove the poison, to remove the junk God, I need you to fix me. Christianity is not fixing ourselves or fixing other people, which we like to do. Let me help you remove that poison. But we are called to help people. We'll see that in Galatians chapter 6 next year sometime. (laughs) But we need to walk in the Spirit. Because when we walk in the Spirit, what did he say? We will not fulfill the lust the The lust of the flesh. We allow God's Spirit to lead and guide us. And as we stay connected to him, as we stay connected to him in a fresh and current relationship, what begins to happen in our lives? What begins to grow? The next verse, the it's not a trick question. The, the fruit of the spirit. Is it the fruit of the spirit is love singular? Or is it like a fruit basket? I've had people come up and say, you were not teaching that text correctly, young man, because in the Greek conjugations of this, because some people, some people think it's the fruit of the Spirit is love singular, and then these are all characteristics of love, but other people see it as the fruit, like there's a bowl of fruit over there, and there's, there's apples, there's bananas, are you with me? Let's not divide. Let's not be, oh, we're the bowl of fruit congregation, we're the singular, because that's what happens. The bottom line is, are you bearing this fruit in your life? Because that's the mark of someone that has a real relationship with the true and the living God. Listen, it is impossible, impossible for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and there be no change at all. These things will begin to grow and flow as we are connected. Jesus said, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we see what the flesh produces. Now we see what the spirit produces. So there's an alternative lifestyle to living in the flesh. God's glorious option here. And so if, God's, if God is not intervening in our lives, if we're not walking in the Spirit, connected in this real um, relationship to God, then our, our lives will look like verses 19 to 21. And you know what? There are lots of people, I was once one of them, that was looking for, what's the first three things it says? Love, joy, what's the third thing? Peace. Peace. We were looking for those things in verses 19 to 21. And guess what? You'll never find love, joy, and peace in verses 19 to 21. Are you with me? You guys know what I'm saying by that? Some of you are shaking your head. Does everybody know you can't find those love, joy, and peace in that list? Love, true love, joy, and peace are found by being connected to God in an intimate relationship with Him. So crucial, you guys. And so, but as we're walking in the Spirit, God causes these things to grow. We start to notice, other people start to notice, our lives are changing. More loving, happier, peace that's setting in. The fruit of the Spirit, let's check it out. What our lives are supposed to look like. What's the first one? Love, agape. One definition, here's one definition of love. It's an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. An unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. It speaks of sacrificial, selfless giving of yourself. If you're taking notes, you can check it out later. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love that Jesus gave, that he gave himself for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So by this, we know love. How do we know love? Because Jesus gave his life for us. It's a giving of life. It's an other-centeredness. Are you with me? Some of you are. Okay. I looked up another definition. Love means to like someone a lot. to feel an attraction to, to have an attachment with, to care. I like that, to care. Do you know that love is supposed to show to make a difference? You ever heard someone say, um, you don't have to like them, you got to love them? You don't have to like that person, you have to love them. Anybody ever heard someone say that? No, you don't. You've got, you got to like them and love them. Because love means to like someone a lot. Or you ever heard someone say, love you in the Lord. You know what that means? You don't really. But I'm supposed to in the Lord. You're not for real. Or, love you, man, mean it. Because the... the Bible says... Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in what? Deed and in truth or action and in truth. Listen, love is key. Without love, we've missed the whole thing. Do you guys know that? Without love, we've missed everything. How can you say that, Pastor? There's no way. Remember 1 Corinthians 13? By the way, it's the only church Paul had to define what love is. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Bunch of noise. If there's no love, bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am... Nothing. That's heavy, isn't it? Man, you can preach, you got faith, you got man, you're doing ministry, but there's no love, you're nothing. That's pretty eye-opening, isn't it? There's one more. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give everything I got to take care of the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, I offer myself as a martyr, but have not love. It profits me. Profits me nothing ultimate sacrifice. I laid down my life, but there's no love. It was worthless. Well, what is love? What's love got to do with it? What is love? Here it is. (laughs) Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then check this out it's like one of my favorite verses. Love never fails. Is that a cool promise, guys? I share that in counseling all the time, those three words. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. He's such a jerk. She won't submit to me. I know that verse. I know it in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. You know what I say? Love never fails. That's simple. That's a promise from God, isn't it? It can't be that simple, Pastor. No way. You gotta, we gotta do some psycho babble, some analysis. The book says, God says, do you believe his word? Love never fails. Is that a promise? Love never fails, man. To love, listen, to love means to care. Do people really know you care? Do your brothers and sisters in this room know you care? Do they see that? Is it evident? Or or are you indifferent? You know, hatred, we don't want to... Love and hate. Hatred's in the wrong... We don't want to be in that list, right? So are you indifferent towards your brothers and sisters? Whatever. No, we need to love one another. As Didn't Jesus say that would be the mark of his followers? for our love about our love for one another. Love is to be seen. People are to matter to us. Not to fake it, not to be phony, not to pretend. Real love as followers of Jesus Christ, our lives should naturally manifest love. Otherwise, listen, we're playing games, gang. In fact, listen to what John wrote in 1 John chapter 4. Again, this is so crucial. We 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 have to like allow this to wash over our hearts and to just to to see how we're doing. John wrote, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Wow, did you guys catch that? If we don't love, guess what? We don't know God. John would also write, it's, "It's, if we're saying, I love God and can't stand my brother, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. I can't come into church and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I love you, Lord, why are you sitting in my seat, you jerk? There's a disconnect there. If we... if we're we're following Him, walking with Him, connected to Him, walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, then this fruit of the Spirit love will be growing. And as Christians, we should, listen, we should feel an attachment to others, to have a desire for their good. Why? Because God does. These are His characteristics in this list. These are His characteristics, aren't they? We can't produce those things in and of ourselves. Those are things he wants to grow and flow in our lives. God is love, and he wants his love to be working out practically in our lives. The book of Romans tells us that he has shed his love abroad in our hearts. He's poured out his love into our hearts. The love of God. Why? So we'd be love hoarders? That why? That that love would flow back to him and into the lives of those around us. So often we don't care about the things he cares about. Listen, I'm exhorting myself because we are to love. Listen, we're to love even the unlovely. Did you know that? Even the unlovables. Is that a word, unlovables? We're to even love the unlovables. Does God love the unlovables? And in in order to know love, you have to experience it. We love Him because He first loved us. Do you know God God madly loves you? Do you know that this morning? Do you guys know that this morning? He loves you so much. You're valuable to Him. He cares for you. I think I mentioned this last week. How much does He love us? He, he, He demonstrated. I love you this much when I gave my life for you. To rescue you, to save you, to bring you into my embrace, into my kingdom. And we respond to his love. We reciprocate and respond love to him and love to others that he cares about. Remember what, Remember when Peter blew it? You guys remember that? Anybody remember when Peter blew it? Denied the Lord, right, three times. Jesus told him it was going to go down. Remember in John 21, Jesus gave Peter a second chance. Do you guys like second chances? Aren't you glad the Lord doesn't fire us? Anybody here? Anybody here giving an amen to that? The Lord doesn't fire us. And what did, remember, Jesus takes Peter for a walk. They have breakfast. Jesus serves them, by the way. That's a whole different Bible study. Takes Peter for a walk and says what to Peter? Do You guys remember? Peter, do you love me? Do you care about me? Yes, Lord, you know. You know I care about you. If you care about me, then what? If you love me, feed my sheep. I want you to care for those people I care for. I want you to take care of those people I care about. To nourish those people I care about. Peter, do you care about me? Do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Then tend my lambs. Care those little ones that I care about. Take care of those people I care about if you really love me. If you care about me. You show me love by caring for the people I care about. It's so powerful. It, It feels good to be loved, doesn't it? Does it feel good to be loved, you guys? It feels good to love, too. When you start loving and caring for others, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to do we believe that? Blessed means happy. Oh, how happy. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's pretty cool. That means, again, what? If you're hoarding love, you're not going to have no happiness. Because blessed is the man. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's awesome. What floor, what, so what flows forth from love? What's next? What does it say? Joy. You guys have joy this morning? I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's where it's staying. Why? Because it's more spiritual to be somber, to be like Eeyore, right? Is that right? Is more spiritual to be look like you're baptized in lemon juice and right? That's the way to be look spiritual. Be spiritual. What does joy mean? Well, I looked it up. You guys don't need it. Feelings of great pleasure and happiness. Happy having fun. It's okay to have fun in church. Oh, we can smile and laugh in church. Yeah, that's holy laughter right there, by the way. That's good laughter. That's what the Lord wants for us, to have Joy. I would say if you're not happy, good chance you're not in love. And I'm learning that we can have joy in all seasons, no matter what's going on. It's not dependent, listen, it's not dependent upon our circumstances. What do you mean by that? Remember when when Paul and Silas went to Philippi? They ended up getting beaten with rods, thrown into a dungeon. And what were they doing in the dungeon? They were praying and praising the Lord. You guys remember that? And who was listening? Another P, right? There's another P. Prisoners were listening. People in need of being set free. You know what happens when When you're in a gnarly circumstance, gnarly things are going on in your life, and you're praying and praising the Lord, guess what? There's prisoners that are listening that need to get set free. And not only that, guess what happens? What happened? You guys remember? God started tapping his feet to the music. And an earthquake happened, right? Earthquake happened. Chains were gone. You guys remember that? And then later, Paul would write to the Philippians while he was in prison, Remember the letter he wrote? It was a bunch of complaining, wasn't it? Right? Philippians, the letter. I can't believe I'm in this place serving Jesus. This is, is that what he wrote? I can't get out of prison, so what will I do? I'll do the next best thing I can do. I'll write them a letter. I'm stuck in this place. What's the next best thing I can do? I can serve the Lord by ministering to this guard next to me. I'm chained to him. Guess what? He's going to be here in the gospel. I mean, just apply that in your life. Who's the person next, who's the person next to you in your cubicle at work? You're chained to them. I can't get away from this loser. But the Lord loves them, the unlovables. I'm supposed to have love and joy, joy, joy down in my heart. That person needs to hear about Jesus. And so Paul started to minister to the guards. Guess what happened? They started getting saved and going into Caesar's household and getting saved, people getting saved. Why? Because Paul was what? He was open in his circumstances to rejoice. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this or what's going to happen. I don't know what tomorrow holds. This is brutal, but I'm going to look for something good in this. And you know what? The Lord used it. The Lord will always show us something good in those times. The, when the rough stuff is happening, there's always something to celebrate, to appreciate in God's kingdom, to be optimistic, to be enthusiastic. You know enthusiasm means in God, the original? I'm enthusiastic. Why? Because God loves me, and he's going to do something good here, and I will look for it. I will look for the good things that are happening. We're so blessed, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. You do not have any strength. Where's your joy, bro? Sis, ratchet up the joy. God wants us to have joy. Joy comes out of love. It's contagious. It's something that can be shared. It can't be fake. We're supposed to have it. Listen, if you're living right, it's going to be there. If you're loving, it's going to follow. There's things to smile about, to laugh about, to appreciate, even even when things are gnarly, you guys. Well, pastor, you have no idea what I'm going through. You're right, and you have no idea what I'm going through. But there's reason to rejoice when we look and see what God is doing in the people around us, in our hearts and in our lives. And as you press into the heart of the Lord, instead of pulling away, you push in. Man, the Lord's going to bless that. He's going to honor that. He's going to use your life. And what do we experience from that? Look at the next fruit. Peace. What's peace mean? Is that in between the time you reload? Put in the next clip. That's the, the peace is right there. Is that what we're talking about. Peace is absence of warring, for sure. Absence of warring is a good definition. I like it. Because once we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ, right, we have peace with God. There's no more war. We experience the peace of God. Philippians, what is it, Philippians 4? Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Supplication, thanksgiving, God gives you that peace that you need. Here's what peace means. Check this out. Because some of us are lacking peace this morning. It means to join, to tie together into a whole. It also means wholeness. You ever feel like your life's coming unraveled? You're pulled in all these different directions. Peace means you're not at war. It means you're not stressed. You're not carrying the weight of the world. You're not worrying like everything depends upon you. It's to not be burdened. It's to be relaxed. To know everything is going to be okay. That's what peace is. Everything's gonna be alright. That is what God does in your life. That should be the testimony of our lives, by the way. Correct? Or as Christians, should we be freaking out? I don't know what tr- I don't know what the news is, what's truth, what's not truth, what's fake news, what's real news. I don't know anymore. And I'm gonna go into the office and freak out and let everybody else see that I'm freaking out. Is 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 the Lord in control? Is he still on the throne? Is Putin in control? Biden? Congress? Macron? Is Macron in control? Who's Macron? He's that little dude in France. Are you striving, struggling, stressed this morning? The question, the choi- the, the question is, to, today, am I going to love the Lord and love people? To walk in love, or am I going to live supremely for myself? Am I going to enjoy my relationship with the Lord, or enjoy my relationship with others today? Is that an amen from that little guy somewhere in this direction? When I receive love and express love, you know what happens? Peace flows naturally. Was Jesus at peace? Was he pretty peaceful or no? Remember Storm 101? Remember Storm 101? You guys remember Storm 101? Jesus said to his disciples, thank you. The one that said, no, I don't know that story. I'm going to tell you. Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Correct? You guys remember that? What happened when they, after they took off? <gasps> a storm came. What was Jesus doing during the storm? What was he sleeping on? <gasps> on a pillow. This is pure conjecture, but can you imagine as they were walking to the ship, Jesus was carrying what? <laughs> I, we'll find out. When we get to heaven, we'll have perfect theology, we'll, right? And you guys can say, dude, you blew it. You were wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there was an accident where it says that. He was sleeping on a pillow, going into the storm could he sleep at a time like that? Right? How could he be asleep? Listen, the disciples freaked out, didn't they? It wasn't the storm that woke Jesus up. It was the disciples. Remember what they said? Lord, don't you care? We're dying. Number one, they accused Jesus of not caring and number 2 they're freaking out about dying Jesus gets up and what did he do he rebuked the storm not the disciples and all of a sudden poof storm is gone can you imagine it was a life threatening storm water pouring into the boat winds blowing and then all of a sudden one word be muzzled peace be still Maybe for some of us this morning, that's the word you needed to hear, peace, be still. You're so stressed, You're so freaking out. You need to rest. What do you need to rest in? You need to rest in the Lord's promises. Remember what Jesus, when he, when he did speak to the disciples, what did he say? He said, where's your faith? How could he say that? Because he gave them a promise. Does God keep his promises? What was the promise? Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. When Jesus says we're crossing over, it doesn't mean we're going under. He didn't say, hey, you guys better be ready to swim. You better have a life jacket. We may or may not make it. You better hang tight to the edge of the boat. Because faith comes by hearing by the word of God. He challenged them in their faith. But how could Jesus rest at a time like that? How could he be at peace? How can you be at peace? How can I be at peace? Jesus' will was submitted to the Father's will. My life is in your hands. Your will be done. Not my will be done, your will be done. That's where, that's where the battle is won, gang. It's by saying, Father, your will be done, not mine. I trust you. And what begins to happen as we do that, as we abide in Him? Man, all of a sudden we become, we're, we're loving people that, wow, couldn't stand that person. Lord, that's you doing that. And I'm happy. I just lost my job, but you know what? You know what that means? God's got something better. Like Priscilla and Aquila, they lost their job in Italy, got kicked out of Italy. Some of you guys can look up Priscilla and Aquila later. It brought them to Corinth where they got saved and served together with the Apostle Paul. Made tents, invested in eternal rewards that can never be taken away. We can have joy no matter what's going on. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It happens naturally as we're connected in a vital and a real relationship with God. Are you with me? Are you guys still with me this morning? I grew up in Orange County, California. Guess what? There's, there, was, there was lots of oranges. Thank you. Right next to my house, there was a orange grove. You guys ever smell orange blossoms? Oh, they're so good. And then you go when they're fresh, the oranges, you go and you steal a few. Sorry. (laughs) Got to be honest, right? Don't be lying in church. We grab a few oranges off the tree and they're, oh, so good. Because we knew right when to pick them. We knew right when to get in there and grab them. And here's the thing. I never heard or saw one of those trees grunting and groaning trying to produce fruit. It happened naturally. As those branches just abided, as the tree soaked up the nutrients, received the sunlight, right? We don't put sunblock on the tree. You need that heat. You need the photosynthesis. You need the water. You need all of those things to help it to grow. How are we going to bear fruit? to the glory of God, it's by simply abiding in the Lord. And you will bear much fruit. It's not about your sweat, your your toiling. It's by simply abiding, staying fresh and current with the Lord. And all of a sudden, you look back and say, wow, look what the Lord did. And who gets the glory? God does. Amen. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for this passage and Your sweet, supernatural, glorious work that you do in our lives. It's so awesome, God. I pray you would just continue, Lord, to do that in us and through us in a special way. This morning, as we are still in an attitude of prayers, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe as you've been listening this morning as we read through those verses, maybe there's an area of struggle in your life that you know that you need prayer for this morning. Maybe even the area of, of that list of fruit that's not happening. Maybe it once was growing and flowing in your life. Now this morning you realize, I need prayer for this area. Can I pray for you right now? God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you sister, God bless you bro. God bless you, I see your hand in the back, God bless you bro. I see your hand, God bless you bro, God bless you, God bless you bro, I see your hand in the back, God bless you sister, I see your hand, so sweet. God bless you, I see your hand. God bless you, bro. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Mm -hmm. God bless you. I see your hand, sister. So sweet. The Lord sees, He knows. He knows your struggles, your hurts. He's the one that will help you this morning. Maybe it's something that's just been so like ingrained in your life and you want to be set free something that you want to just get prayer for this morning. God bless you. Anyone else? I don't want to stop if the Holy Spirit's working in your heart. God bless you, sister. God bless you, bro. God bless you. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. We all have areas. The Lord is here with the power to heal, to help. Anyone else before I pray, just slip up that hand. The Lord sees. He knows what's going on. He can help you. Religion can't help you. The world can't help you. Jesus can. The great physician, the wonderful counselor. Let him bring healing this morning to your life. Anyone else before I pray? God bless you, bro. God bless you. Anyone else this morning? God bless you, bro. Praise God good. The Lord is so good. Bruised reed, he will not break. A smoking flax, he will not quench. Anyone else? I'm going to pray. Praise God. Anyone else this morning? God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand, sister. God bless you. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Lord, I just thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. God, you know all the areas of our struggle, of our weakness, and we just we we lay those at your feet this morning. We don't ever want to grieve you, the one we love. So we're just saying, Lord, we we need your help. You're fixing your work, fresh work. We know the world can't fix us. We can't fix ourselves. So we're coming before you this morning, knowing that you hear the cries of your children, that you've begun the work by your Spirit in each one of us. And we're wrestling and we're struggling. And we're looking to you now. Lord, you said if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And Lord, we read about just you're so into freedom. God, would you set us free in those areas that need your touch today? Do your cleansing work, Lord. I pray you'd remove that poison. and That we would bear sweet fruit, God, for your glory. And so thank you. Thank you for the great things you're going to do. Thank you for your work. Your glorious, wonderful, special work. Fill us, Lord. Fill us afresh. We truly want those rivers of living water to flow from our hearts. God, remove whatever it is that might be clogging that that flow of love, of joy, of peace. God, we lay down our idols, stuff that doesn't belong today. The weight, the sin that would slow us down. God, we're we're laying that aside, looking unto you, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you. We want to run with endurance. We don't want to be slowed down. We want to win the prize to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So have your way in our hearts today. as we're still in an attitude of prayer, maybe you've been listening and you've never come to know Jesus personally. And it's the most important decision that you will ever, ever make is concerning your eternity. It's not an accident you're here. It's not an accident you're listening. The Lord loves you. He demonstrated his love for you and me by dying on the cross for our sins. He suffered, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day. And he offers forgiveness, eternal life to you right now. Will you open your heart to him? Will you put your trust in Jesus? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's you this morning. And if that's you, can I pray with you? I'll lead you in a prayer. You just simply raise up your hand, and we'll pray together as you open your heart to Jesus. You raise up that hand real high, and we'll pray together right now. Anyone at all this morning, I see your hand back there. God bless you. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else? For this one who's raised his hand, you can pray this prayer. After me, I'll lead you. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I've sinned against you. Thank you for dying for me, for my sins. Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. You promised you would. Would you fill me with your spirit? I don't want to go back to those sins anymore. I surrender to you. I love you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for this precious one. Thank you for saving and rescuing him. We lift him up to you now and pray you would do a marvelous work, God. Transform, change him, bless him, use his life now as a witness to your amazing grace. We thank you, Lord. We love you. It's in your precious and your holy name, Lord Jesus that we pray, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Awesome. So cool. Praise the Lord. Awesome. So, may the Lord bless.